What's up, guys? Welcome to Black Flag Productions. We're your hosts, Anthony and Aaron. Aaron, he, him. And today we're going to talk about marijuana slash hemp and why it's the most powerful plant on earth. So what is hemp or what is the difference between hemp and marijuana? There is really no taxonomical difference between hemp and marijuana. So hemp and marijuana, they're just actually two different terms for the cannabis plant. From a legal standpoint, hemp has to have a THC concentration of 0.3% or below that. Just so if you want to have a good time, you need 0.4% or more. Yeah, to have <laughs> Should we be smoking weed while we do this one? So just to give a brief overview of why hemp or marijuana, I believe is the most powerful plant on earth. Hemp and marijuana have over 25,000 documented uses. And some of the major uses are plastics, construction materials, building, biofuels, clothing, healthcare, paper making, food, medicine. There's one you didn't mention. What's that? Getting high. <laughs> I was actually really excited when you brought this topic up because I know that it's it's really powerful and I know just a very surface level about way back in the 1930s, 40s, 50s with reefer madness and the propaganda campaign to basically keep it out of the hands of, of the population. But I don't really know why and I don't know what its effects are. So I just want to hear what you what you have on it. So one of the first areas I wanted to look at in regards to hemp or marijuana is nutrition and healthcare. So hemp seeds consist of 30% fat by weight. And these fats are the essential types of fats, you know, your omega three, omega six and omega nine. And not only is it 30% omegas by weight, but it actually has the most optimal ratio of omegas that your body's supposed to have. So it has a three to one ratio of omega six to omega three, which is optimal. And for those of you who don't know, an imbalance of omegas, let's say you have too much omega six, it can cause a lot of inflammation in the body. Um, an imbalance in omegas or a lack of omegas in your body, it can cause a multitude of problems like eczema or hair loss or things like that, etc. So in addition to the fat content of hemp seeds, hemp seeds contain 25% protein by weight. And not only is it 25% protein, but it's a complete amino acid profile, unlike most other vegetable protein sources, you would have to get roughly like three times more vegetable protein to equal animal protein. And this is because their amino acid profile isn't a complete profile. It does not have every essential amino acid that the human body needs. But hemp has every single amino acid the human body needs. It's equivalent to beef and lamb. Just two to three tablespoons of hemp seeds has 11 grams of protein. That's probably one of the highest if not the highest, the highest source and best quality source of vegetable protein you can have. 
Yeah, that would be an ounce equivalent of really lean trimmed meat. It's like 85% lean. Right. That's impressive. And that's super important for vegans as well, or vegetarians even, because, you know, if you're not getting a complete amino acid profile, you're not getting enough protein in a day, your body will certainly whittle away. And instead of getting nutrients from food, your body goes into a survival state, basically, and it starts breaking down your own muscle tissue. And it steals the nutrients that are stored in your body from your bones, teeth, muscle tissue. It takes nutrients from your own body to compensate for the lack of nutrients in your diet. By what you just explained, it could be very anabolic. Right. Um, or at worst, anti-catabolic with what you're talking about with muscle wasting and atrophy conditions. So... It sounds like something that would be very good in a smoothie or something in the morning. For legal reasons, everything I'm about to say about cancer or health or nutrition, it's just speculation and I'm not a doctor. For the cancer curing properties section of this, I wanted to highlight marijuana because that is really where marijuana shines in the THC and CBD and things like that. Okay. So marijuana is wildly known for its cancer curing properties. Um, just in the short time that I was researching this, I actually found a website that compiled 34 different medical studies, published medical studies, not just some random Joe Schmo website, 34 published medical studies showing how marijuana cures cancer. So these are legitimate studies that were either peer reviewed or something that was double blind, but they were legitimate studies that were probably sponsored at universities or something like that. These weren't right. two guys in their living room basically saying, it works, it's great, <laughs> I'm a living example of it. Right, and also like in addition to all these medical studies I found, you know, it's, it's definitely worth some time to take into account all the personal testimonies. I've heard stories of people with skin cancer putting marijuana oil on their skin around the skin cancer area and literally within a matter of days the skin cancer was gone it dried up and fell off their arm and their skin was fine i don't know too many people that would just waste their time making a video about utilizing marijuana for cancer if it didn't actually work right and you have to keep in mind also that there's no financial gain for these people who make these videos personal testimonies are admissible in a court of law. So there's a lot of weight behind personal testimonies. But you start to see this pattern growing with all of these hundreds and thousands of, of personal testimonies. And now with what we've seen over the past few years with really widespread legalization, there's a lot more people becoming very familiar with the effects that they can reap from marijuana. Yeah, so that's are some things to take into consideration when it comes to marijuana and its cancer curing properties. I don't want to get too much in detail about that just because, you know, that's a whole podcast worthy of itself. I kind of want to get the ball rolling here and move on to the next usage or main usage of hemp. And one of the most fascinating uses I saw in my research was its use in construction. There's a company in Alberta that takes hemp mixes it with lime and makes it into a construction block these hemp blocks do not spread fire and in the video he holds a torch to this hemp block even under a torch it didn't spread fire right 
if you build a house or a building with these hemp blocks, it naturally improves the air quality. It optimizes humidity in the room. It's completely mold resistant and it's very optimal to adjusting the temperatures, keeps your house warm in the winter and it'll keep it cold longer in the summer. So for these construction blocks, by the time it's all said and done, these can, these blocks hold 13.2 pounds of carbon approximately. How much carbon does a cinder block hold again? Zero. Yeah, okay. So we have hemp blocks hold 13.2 pounds of carbon. And by the time you build the house, it actually has a negative carbon footprint. Another topic I wanted to touch on was the automobile industry and the oil and gas industry. So in 1941, I believe, Henry Ford made the first Model T. It was built out of hemp. He made a hemp cellulose plastic for the body of the car. And he powered the car off hemp gasoline or hemp biofuel. The panels of the car were half the weight of carbon fiber and had 10 times the impact resistance of steel. That's huge, man. Huge. 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 <clears throat> so we're looking at a hemp product that takes zero natural gas to create and is 10 times stronger than the panels that are on cars right now. So crash resistance, everyone's always trying to brag about their four or five star ratings when their new car models come out. You know, this could not only solve that, but when you think about it in effect, as far as reducing curb weight, what it's going to do naturally is increase gas mileage. Right. So the output efficiency of your car is just going to increase because that, that engine doesn't have to work as hard to move it because it's not as heavy. Right. That's, it's pretty amazing. And when you, when you talk about carbon fiber, I mean, that's really, we think of that as new age. It's been around for a little while now, but when you think of Lamborg Lamborghini, Ferrari, a lot of these cars are fashioned from the woven carbon fiber and that's two, three, four hundred thousand dollars Whereas this is not a synthetic material, it's organic. And so you can literally just grow it out of the dirt. You're going to have a cost savings as well. Henry Ford, by the way, is, is one of my personal heroes. He's, he's a phenomenal businessman. Uh, what he stood for, he had very strong character. And uh, his life was just basically a legacy for others to pattern themselves after. Uh, not even to mention what he did with the industrialization of transportation with, uh, with a model model T. Right. I had a 2009, uh, GT. It was a California special. I didn't know this when I purchased the car, but on the hood, it actually had Henry Ford, the third. Uh, so his great grandson, he signed it, um, in Detroit at a, after it came off of, uh, the assembly line. I don't know the story behind it, but it was wow. a real signature. And I thought that was really cool. Wow, that's awesome. Henry Ford, when he came out with this Model T, he ran 40,000 Model Ts or 40,000 Ford vehicles from only 10,000 acres of his land. This hemp biofuel has no hydrocarbons, only emits CO2, which by the next growing cycle is completely absorbed by the plants and transformed into something else. So there is zero 
little to zero pollution from hemp gasoline and hemp vehicles. So all of these eco smart cars or flex fuels, you know, hemp gasoline basically beats all of those out of the water. There's not even a close second to hemp gasoline. Actually, that kind of brings me into a point I want to hit on is, you know, if, if hemp or marijuana is so great, one of the greatest plants on earth, why would it be so heavily regulated and why would it be outlawed? You know, politics and big oil kind of put their hands in the mix and um, they actually had a marketing campaign all throughout the 1900s, basically scare tactic propaganda and it ruined the reputation of hemp and marijuana right so by 1970 it was completely banned for farming it was actually labeled a schedule one drug alongside heroin and lsd so this is how far they went with the propaganda to the point where it got put next to heroin and lsd i'm, I'm just trying to figure out why would this not be readily available on the market in different varieties and forms if if not to make special brownies with at least to power our cars with because it doesn't it doesn't seem to connect for me can you help me understand yeah so it basically comes down to a money issue um the government makes insane amounts of money from alcohol and they make ungodly amounts of money from oil and gas. Now, if anything were to disrupt their income from oil and gas, they would definitely do everything in their power to stop it. Just kind of an example related to that. In the 90s, I believe, General Motors came out with one of the first electric vehicles, and they had a patent on the battery. One of the oil companies, I forget who it was, I believe it was Shell, I could be wrong. One of the oil companies actually bought the patent and basically did nothing with it yeah. because they make money from their oil and gas. And that's going to be a common theme, I believe, with this whole electric car revolution. You know, basically, they're going to come out with this huge push for electric cars. And then what's going to happen is these oil and gas companies, they come to these electric car companies and they say, hey, how about you sign this contract for a few billion dollars to push that campaign back a few more years? And it'll just keep going on and on and on. Something else that is really worth mentioning is the lobby behind big oil and these different types of industries. They have the, the ears of the politicians because they also have the deep pockets in order to make contributions to their next campaign cycle. Yep. And so, you know, these plants don't have lobbies. They just don't. Unless you can patent it or you can come out with something to have a trademark to where you own the rights to the distribution of that, you're not going to be able to hire dozens of minions to go around to all of the governors and the senators and the Congress people and say, hey, isn't this great? So there's right. no lobby behind it. And I think that's a, a big reason why, since this, as you mentioned earlier, this was killed immediately as soon as some of the miraculous type benefits were discovered. 50-some years ago, they buried this thing, and they don't ever want it to become unearthed. Right. And before it was banned, if you had the land, it was actually illegal to not grow hemp because it was so beneficial. In America? Was this America? America. 
This is amazing. I never heard that before. So basically, if you had the farmland that you weren't utilizing, they said, hey, Mr. Farmer, you better start growing some hemp. Right. So that, man, that's that's uh, amazing to me that it was illegal not to grow it. And now with, uh, you know, 2021 being the mutant stepchild that it is, <laughs> we have all these crazy stories coming out, verified stories about farmers receiving letters from the government saying, you better not grow your crop if you already did destroy it and we'll send you a, a couple shekels to make up for it. Yep. That's that's where we're at now. So I don't I wouldn't call that progress. Right. There is no need for pesticides for hemp. It's a natural pesticide. It doesn't attract pests. It actually replenishes nutrients in the soil as it grows. It aerates the soil as it grows. And in addition to that, it removes heavy metals from the soil as it grows. I wanted to talk about its use in fabric. So obviously, like I said earlier, there's no need for pesticides. And on the contrary with cotton, cotton is one of the most chemically laden materials or plants grown industrially. It replenishes the soil. Cotton depletes nutrients from the soil. Hemp uses half the amount of water to grow to full maturity than cotton. Hemp fibers are smell resistant. Hemp fabrics are three times stronger than cotton fabrics. Another kind of factoid that I saw that was interesting about hemp is hemp was actually planted at Chernobyl to take away the radioactivity from that area. I thought that was wow. super interesting. So out of all the yeah. plants in the world, they picked hemp because not only is it optimal for fabric or construction or automobiles or gas or health nutrition, it can actually remove radioactivity from the surrounding area. So imagine what it could do in your home and in your bodies. If you had your home made out of this with the, the hemp fashion cinder blocks and your neighborhood is installing some of those 5G towers no one asked for, mm. it sounds like because of the radioactivity uh, neutralization that these have, that it would almost be a great insulator in right. order to protect you from that. Right. I just don't see the downside here. I really don't. Out of all my research, I couldn't find a downside. I really couldn't. Um, I'm looking now at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's website, um, the Arbiters of Truth. And it's talking about a lot of the short-term slash long-term side effects from marijuana usage. Well, something that I found, I'm just going to read you a headline. Recent pot use tied to rise in heart attack risk for young adults. And now what's the narrative going to be that's starting to really be published online and broadcast by the mainstream media? There's not one mention of these magic potion injections. I don't want to say the, the magic word that I shouldn't say on for YouTube's right. sake. No, no, no. Not only are we not mentioning or investigating that, but as a matter of fact, it's because of the rise of legalization of this harmful, hideous plant and of course, it's going to cause blood clots. Where's mm. the research? Where's the baby? It really reminds me of those same doctors, you know, that would put in advertisements in magazines and newspapers and circulars back in the 1950s that would not only have doctors endorsing nicotine and tobacco usage via cigarettes, but also telling you what their favorite brand was. Mm. I mean, the whole thing smells to high heaven 
of bribery, coercion, anything else that you can imagine, racketeering, it's definitely all in here. And then something else that I got to mention, this was, I found this out on accident, but even for women's type products, uh, like tampons, for example, the cotton that they use is heavily treated, like you said, with these pesticides. And this comes in contact with women directly into their blood supply. So why wouldn't you just want to make a sensible substitute for a crop that grows faster, is healthier, doesn't have any chemicals within? And substitute, I, I just, I don't really understand it. It's sort of depressing in a way, just because we know that we, we really can't leverage all of the benefits that it does have to offer for us. And keep in mind, this is a, this is a plant, a regulated plant that God gave us. And he talks about it from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. It was so important to him. He started his own, his own book off with it, but he gives us every, uh, herb bearing seed. He gives us what the government takes away. And it kind of says a lot in regards to their own agenda that they would take away something so valuable and versatile and good and try to manipulate its reputation and turn it into something bad. And that's just one aspect. I mean, we're talking about a plant, not to mention <laughs> the millions of other things that are going on. Yeah, it's a plant, not a terrorist, by the way. That <laughs> it's kept from us. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for this segment on hemp slash marijuana. So Aaron, do you want to take us out? Why don't you go ahead and hit the thumbs up button? If not for me, do it for your country. And make sure that you subscribe. Look for us over on BitChute and you can always follow us on Instagram as well. We're looking forward to seeing you guys on any of those platforms. So for Anthony and on behalf of myself, thank you so much for tuning in to Black Flag Productions. We will see you next time.